Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth episode of the Wizard Apprentice podcast. I am your host, Seth, and welcome. We have a lot of really cool stuff to talk about. Question of the day is how can I incorporate player backstory into my D&D campaign? But before we jump into that, let me tell you about what you're listening to. The Wizard Apprentice podcast is designed for players and DMs alike to get short, informational, and purposeful talks that help make D&D more enjoyable and smooth. With talks from world building, character creation, practical guides on monsters, and much more, we are dedicated to improving your game. So again, the question of the day is, how can I incorporate player backstory into my campaign? There's a lot that goes into a player backstory um, because each player wants their character to be very in-depth and deep and really awesome. And it's really cool whenever we get one of those that's really deep and uh, there's a lot that goes into it. But it can be difficult to let every player not only get the spotlight, but feel like their backstory is worth putting effort into and feels included in the D&D campaign. So... What we're going to do is we're going to break down what a backstory looks like, uh, a couple of um, categories that the pa- that their backstory kind of goes into, and how we can incorporate each into our D&D campaigns. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and jump on in. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down uh, a character's backstory up into five categories. Um, overall, there is the past and then there's the present. So it's stuff that happens before the campaign begins and stuff that happens while the campaign has started all the way to the conclusion of that character's story. So their past includes an origin and an incident. The origin is where that character is from. It is either the, it comes down to the continent, to the uh, country, to the uh, capital, to the city, to the village, to the tribe, to the nomads, to the house that they live in. It is where that character comes from. And that changes a couple things. It changes that character's culture. It changes that character's um, personality. It might change what that character looks like. Um, it might it might choose what, char- what race that character would be, from like elf to dwarf, so on and so forth. Um, so they have their origin, and then they have an incident. And by incident, I'm not necessarily saying something bad, although for a lot of characters, something bad did happen and they're trying to either escape it or move on to something new. But an incident is just what put them on their journey as an adventurer, whether that means that it was something good, like uh, they were tasked with going out and doing something for their tribe um, or something bad, like they're running away from something that happened to their family and they were just trying to survive. So their character is trying to escape what has happened or move from their place of origin. And somehow what set them on their journey, what set them this incident aligns with what the party is doing and makes it to where they're willing to stay and hang out with the party at least for a certain limited amount of time. So that's the past. This is the present. This is this starts with a journey which is what is happening right now. The goal that their character is actively trying to accomplish now. That goal is aligning with what the party is doing. So for example, if I have an like a, a loner rogue who's, who's off in the corner all the time and doesn't like to work with other people and their goal is to get vengeance on, um, <clears throat> on the person who killed their father. If that doesn't align with what the party is doing, 
or with what the campaign is going to look like, that character is not going to work in the campaign setting. Unless you work with them to say, hey, you may not like working with the party, but you might have to. Why would your character be willing to work with a party? If they say, oh, my character wouldn't be, well, then you're going to say, okay, that character is not going to work in this campaign. Um, because remember, this is a collaborative storytelling, and it's not the rogue plus a couple of other people. It's it's the group as a whole working together. So their journey, they are trying to actively accomplish something right now. There's a goal. And a lot of times, it aligns with the party because they need money. Because a lot of times, you need gold to try and accomplish your task, get a get a ticket on a boat to get this item, to get this artifact. You need to fund your adventure. And so they may be, they might, they might say, okay, I'm willing to go into a town, do a couple of quests with these guys and maybe uh, just get some gold and dip out. And then as they work with the party, they learn that they like them and they're willing to go to further lengths for the party feeling that they, that they might reciprocate that for themselves later on. So that's their journey. Next up is a conflict. Someone or something from their past comes back. Um, a lot of times that comes in the form of maybe they run into an encounter with somebody that they hate. And and there's a battle that ensues and they they realize, oh, I have so much more to learn. I have so much more to grow. But a conflict or something that is coming from their past is happening now. So their backstory, the incident, maybe, maybe we'll talk about this, this character that goes on to try and solve a problem and they come back and the conflict is that they didn't do it right. Or the conflict is that the tribe is unhappy with them or the conflict is, um, maybe they've been banished from their tribe. So that's the conflict. And then last is a resolution. The character's story comes to a close. They either find the artifact that they need, they get approval from their tribe, they complete the task that they set out to do, they are satisfied. And normally a character will step away from the party or will continue to help the party because of what they've gone through with the party members and they're willing to they're willing to put in work for their other party members. So that is the five um, the five points that usually come with a character backstory. An origin, an incident, a journey, a conflict, a resolution. Now let's take let's take into account the, those five things and let's talk about how we can help incorporate those into our world. Number one, so for an origin, let them help you world build. If they if they so if each party member, is talking about their place of origin and they are all wildly different from one another rather than me saying oh that that kind of sounds like that kind of sounds like this that kind of sounds like this place or maybe that one sounds like that one uh, I have this one city that you might be from instead say hey there's I have a I have a place that I don't really have much of a name for um, can you tell me about it can you can you make this city and work with them together. Oh, maybe there's this guy that there's maybe there's this character that you come from or that you know. Um, by doing that, you're letting them take not necessarily control, but you're letting them feel included in the world, and it'll feel so much more lived in because having you plus four party members making the world is going to feel so much more rich than it would if it was just you making it because you have five heads doing it and not just one. So. 
Let them help you world build. Uh, next, for the incident or uh, or the people that have surrounded them that eventually led to them going on this journey, let them create the NPCs in their life prior to adventuring. So that includes family members, rivals, mentors, and friends. Um, if a character in their backstory has died, let that be be knowledgeable of that. Let know, okay, this character's uh, parents had passed away um, a long time ago. And you can use that and their character might be impacted by that. V dreams, visions, stuff like that. If they're failing wisdom saving throws a lot, maybe maybe they're just their their mind is like kind of wrapped and plagued by what had happened to them. Um, if they live, the character might have a reason to go to this NPC or the NPC might have a reason to go to the character or the um, the NPC might stay where they are um, and just try to move on without that character in their life. And the character might eventually come back to see them and things have changed, um, so on and so forth. But let them create the NPCs in their life. You can help them, but it'll again, it'll feel so much more like rewarding for them to see, oh, I made that character and that character's interacting with me right now. That's so cool. Um, it's the same excitement for us whenever we make a really cool NPC and the party interacts with them and they fall in love with it. It's that same feeling for them. So let them take the reins on creating their NPCs in their life. Number three, work with the player on their journey. If the character is working towards a goal, um, intermittently give small steps towards achieving that goal. So for example, if they're looking for someone, uh, you might occasionally give little hints as to where they are, wanted posters, or people talking about some person that they saw in a tavern. Um, or if they're looking for an artifact, they, they might be getting small pieces of the artifact and they're eventually trying to assemble the artifact together and they're looking for the final crown piece of it. Work with your character on uh, and the player on giving them baby steps towards their goal because the, well, a character is not going to stay with the party forever if for the past six months nothing has happened. There's been no progress towards their goal. If there's small progress towards their goal, they at least are saying, okay, well, at least I'm making progress towards it. Um, there can be bigger steps and smaller steps. You might have a character um, <clears throat> who's trying to take down this uh, criminal overlord who took over their town and they came across one of the uh, one of the criminal bosses who goes who's like an underling of the overlord and he goes and takes him out. That's a huge step. Oh, I just made so much progress. He was in another town and he was trying to set up this town to be taken over for and I, we cut him down. That's so awesome. And now the player says, I am a step closer to achieving my goal because the overlord is weaker than he was before. So work with your players and give them steps towards achieving their goal. Number four, the conflict is yours to do. The conflict or a almost like a final boss or a large um, a large step in their goal that has some amount of conflict in it. Um, that is yours to do. And it's yours to take control of and be creative with it. Uh, as a DM, we are trying to, again, well, obviously our players, want, we want our players to have fun, but also we are driving the story. And in some cases, it is best if we take not necessarily control of the characters, that's not what we're doing, but what we are doing is we're describing 
the situation and we're being creative with it so long as the parameters kind of fall within what the character would want. Don't let the character make the final boss. You get to make the stat block. You're the one who runs the encounter. But for this, let's talk about this criminal overlord who took over the city. This overlord who took over the city, the character knows what he looks like, but he may not know the full access as to what the powers of this character of this NPC are. I'd be a little hesitant if a character said, oh, and this is the boss we're going to fight at the end. Here's his stat block. Uh, oh, well, let's take some inspiration from it. Let's sit down. Let's talk about what you're looking for. But overall, again, let me trust me, the DM, to run this encounter for you. I want you to enjoy it. But that also means that there might be some surprises. So be willing to kind of step in for your character um, because after that, the resolution is theirs. So we do the conflict. We're the one who's kind of steering and guiding that. The resolution is theirs. Let them describe how they're feeling. Uh, let them describe how their character is feeling. Let them talk through what their character does. This is a huge, huge moment. Let them have it. Give it to them. Let them, let them do it. Say, all right, man, you, <clears throat> whenever, whenever they bring the character to zero HP, I always say, if there is a very important creature or character in, um, in a NPC, in a character's life, and that character, uh, I will not let any other character kill that creature except for the character who the NPC is relevant to. So the NPC is struck down by the character. I would say, how do you want to do this? Let him describe it. And after he describes it, I'm basically, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I'm going to say, how are you feeling right now? What do you do? What do you do now that your goal is accomplished? And I'm just going to let them do it. And they may monologue for a couple minutes. They may turn to the party and start weeping. They may, I, I don't, uh, you don't, you don't know what they're going to do, but let them have it. This is a huge moment for them. And they probably been thinking about what their character would do for such a long time if they finally got the thing that they wanted. So not only are we building a conflict ourselves, but then we're handing the reins to them saying, hey, you won. You did it. Um, if a character chooses to leave the party, make it special. Make it a huge send off either from the party um, or that there's some event that happens and that's when they leave or <clears throat> regardless, make it special for the player and for the character as the character is stepping out of this story and a new one is going to eventually step in. Um, one, I had a character uh, in one of my campaigns and he, his character had completed their goal and they're like, I have no need to stay with the party anymore. So what he did is he gave each of the party members a gift um, something from his toolkit. So either uh, he had a couple of amulets, a uh, shield, a, a, a weapon. He gave one to each of the party members. And he said, I'm, I'm done adventuring. I did the thing I wanted to do. And he ended up opening up a shop and he became an NPC for the, for the party to come and visit every once in a while because he's like, I don't have anything else I want to do. I'm going to be a blacksmith. And so the party could go and visit this blacksmith. And he's like, hey, man, I'll give you, I'll give you guys like an 80% discount because you guys are my friends. So with those out of the way, the last thing I'm going to do today is I'm going to break down a character from one of my D&D campaigns because I have a lot of 
I have a lot of characters that I've kind of run campaigns for, but a couple of them I think are absolutely wonderful examples of what a great character backstory could look like if you and the player work together. So let's dive on into this. The character's name is Rob, R-O-B. Um, and that might sound a little bizarre, but I'm going to break down what is going on for Rob um, or Roburianus is his full name. So Roburianus comes from this one continent known as Eurelia. Eurelia is currently dealing with, in, in the past, it, it had this decade-long war between the dwarves and the elves. And so they're both vying for power for some ancient technology that had been abandoned for millennia, um, and they're fighting over it. The dwarves, um, they are crafty and they are intelligent, and they are good with uh, mining and machinery and stuff. And so they had begun designing Warforged. So in this in this world, my world, Warforged come from the dwarves because the dwarves use them in the war against the elves. And so during this war, um, Roburianus was a dwarf and his father had become what's called a collector. It's a Warforged that goes after rogue um, or Warforged that go AWOL. Um, because some people were volunteered, they, they volunteered to become a Warforged. Some were uh, not so lucky. They were instead voluntold. And this terrible, it was a terrible like um, soul siphon that, that that you take the soul out of the dwarf and you put it in the robot and the robot comes alive. And it was very t painful, very dangerous. And because his father, his name is Maxim, was a Warforged, um, Roburianus, was also going to be a Warforged. And so he became a Warforged against his will and was sent into the thick of it to fight. <clears throat> and he saw these terrible things and he he felt horrible. And all that kind of came to a head whenever he was fighting people and he decided enough is enough. And in the middle of combat, he, he became a deserter and he ran and he escaped. He jumped on a boat and he headed to the continent that the campaign is actually taking place on. Uh, called Aurorai. So he leaves Eurelia, he goes over to this new continent, and he's a trying to escape his past. He finds the rest of the party members, and the rest of them begin to move and do their own things in Aurorai. Now, Maxim, the father of, uh, of Roburianus, learns that his son had abandoned the fight and escaped. Him being a collector, he is now tasked with retrieving his own son. And so, uh, the party, as they're adventuring, they begin seeing these eyes, these dull, bla uh, these dull red eyes that are looking at them through the wilderness and through the darkness as Maxim is watching them. <clears throat> um, and as they go on for the next couple sessions, they kind of repeatedly see these eyes and um, they eventually see uh, the, the face of the Warforged and it looks a lot like Rob. So the party's like, what is that, Rob? And he's like, oh, no, it can't be. I, I, I don't know who that is. I, I, I can imagine. And then it all comes to a head. The uh, party <clears throat> gets attacked by, Rob, uh, by Maxim, Rob's father. And <clears throat> Maxim says, you need to come with me. He says no. And he beats Rob to a bloody pulp. He absolutely smacks the snap out of him. But because there were so many party, there's enough party members. And because um, they were near a city, um, 
Maxim decides that now is not the best time and, and decides to retreat. But overall, the party lost that encounter. They got beat bad. Um, and so they ended, um, they ended up escaping and surviving that encounter with Maxim. So now Maxim is following the party. Um, he is not only growing stronger, but the party is also growing stronger as they're leveling up. And it's all kind of coming to a head now where Maxim is deciding that enough is enough. I followed this party long enough. And I can't seem to get him. There's been a couple more encounters with him. There's been about a th four or three total encounters between Maxim and the party. And Maxim decides enough is enough. He goes and he grabs three more collectors. So that means there's four party members. Now there's four collectors. And uh, they're, it is shaping up for this final encounter between all the Warforged collectors and the party. This whole time, Rob has a place of origin, Eurelia, an incident, which was the war, him becoming a warforged and him escaping, a journey, his goal is to avoid the past and escape it. Uh, that's that. Uh, that's his whole goal. Every time I make a character, I sit down with a, character, uh, a player and they're making a character, I say, what is your character's goal right now? And most of the time, they'll give me, oh, I don't really know. Well, you gotta, you gotta give me something because I want to help you accomplish your goal. For Rob, it was, I need to get out, I need to escape, and I want to forget about my past. And now the past is coming back to haunt him, so he can't do that. And so now he's trying to, um, now it's kind of changed. Over the course of this campaign, he's realized, okay, my past isn't going away. My father is here, and he's trying to hunt me down and take me, dead or alive, back to Eurelia. And so now his goal has changed, and his goal is, I'm going to, I'm going to take out my dad. I, I have to because there's no other way. Um, so now we have the journey, an origin, an incident, a journey, a conflict, which is going to be this final encounter with the Warforged and the party. And the resolution will be Rob is able to finally take down his father. And so Maxim goes down. <clears throat> and what's going to happen then? Uh, I'm not quite sure. We haven't gotten there yet. They're, they've, th this campaign's been going on for, gosh, uh, seven months. We're loving it. We're continuing it. We're still going. They're level nine. They're super, the, the party's ridiculously powerful. I honestly, I don't even know if I could beat them if I wanted to. But Rob will eventually bring down Maxim and it will be up to him what happens. I will say, okay, what what happens? What do you do? How do you feel? The only thing I'll really say during that session, during that time, is I'm going to ask him questions. I'm going to ask the party, party, how are you feeling seeing that Rob has accomplished his goal? And Rob's journey will eventually come to a close. What will happen? I don't know. Will Rob step out and leave the party? I'm certain he won't because he is so dedicated to protecting his friends um, he, Rob was a fighter. He doesn't necessarily love to fight now because it reminds him of what he had done. However, he's willing to fight for his friends and for his new family that he's found and these other party members. So when I'm looking at Rob, I'm thinking of, I'm looking at what I think is the quintessential and a excellent backstory. There's only one character in it. It doesn't have to be super deep. There's only one other character in it that was really relevant. It's his father. You might have a character that has several um, NPCs, a rival, an ally, a mentor, um, 
<clears throat> those are three great examples of NPCs in the character's backstory. A rival, an ally, and a mentor. The rival is someone who's reoccurring. The um, ally is a friend who's reoccurring. And the mentor either is gone or they are hard to get attention, the attention of or hard to get to. <clears throat> That's why the mentor hasn't just swooped in and just saved the day. Because the mentor is probably stronger than the party member at the beginning of the campaign. This is also really cool because you could get like a I've surpassed my mentor kind of moment if that moment ha finally comes. So Rob is an excellent example. Roberianus is an excellent example um, of a great, great backstory. So with that being said, we have five categories of a backstory, an origin, an incident, a journey, a conflict, a resolution. We have five tips let them help you world build. Let them create their NPCs. Work with the player on their journey. The conflict is yours and the resolution is theirs. And that's it. It doesn't have to be any deeper than that. And I say that, granted, we've been talking about this for 20-something minutes. But it doesn't have to be incredibly complicated to do what, what we're talking about. My encouragement to you is this, DMs, is that you are going to do a good job because it's not, it's, it, this doesn't have to be anything crazy. Honestly, players are just kind of happy to be playing D&D. Do you know how hard it is to get a good DM nowadays? It is crazy. <laughs> so you are doing an excellent job regardless of if you're able to perfectly fit in the character's backstory. It doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, no one is expecting perfection um, and if they are, then they, then then they should be playing with Matt Mercer. <laughs> they should be playing with Brennan Lee Mulligan. We aren't we aren't Brennan Lee Mulligan. We aren't these incredible like a master class. We don't do this for a living. We do it because we love it. And so, my encouragement to you is this: is that even if you feel like you bombed it, a player is probably going to love it. Um, unless unless we unless we just are not paying attention to what they want. And, uh, and we're kind of doing our own thing. A lot of a lot of the tips I gave talks about letting them do a lot of the brunt work on their character. If I am taking control of a uh, of a character and I'm kind of describing what they're doing and stuff, they're gonna feel it's not gonna feel as they don't have as much autonomy as they wish that they had, um, because the character wants to play. The player wants to play their character, not the other way around. So my encouragement is that. Um, it doesn't have to be super complicated. Don't make it super complicated. There's five things that you really need to do. or And really, most of it is the player. <laughs> you just have to talk them through it and say, yeah, that would be a great fit. Let me see how I can fit that into my campaign. So with that being said, that is all that we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, follow us at the Wizard Apprentice Podcast on Instagram. Um, we have new episodes almost daily. We now have a schedule that has our release dates um, on Instagram. So check that out when you're looking for when a new episode's airing. And we will see you guys next time.